Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler. Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at crumplerbaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, August 19th. We'll start it off as always with our transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. Starting pitcher Ranger Suarez of the Phillies was placed on the 15-day IL with a strained right hamstring. The injury is considered to be minor, so Suarez should only miss a couple of turns through the rotation. The Phillies had been employing a six-man rotation, so there won't be a need for an immediate replacement. Starting pitcher Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers was placed on the 15-day IL with right forearm inflammation. It was reported that Gonsolin had been dealing with forearm pain for a few weeks, so the IL placement doesn't come as a surprise. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said it's unlikely Gonsolin pitches again this season, so it's a big blow to the Dodgers rotation and makes him a clear drop in fantasy leagues. Starting pitcher Ryan Pepio was recalled from the minors to start in one half of the doubleheader yesterday, but he was designated as the 27th man, so another move should come in the next week or so, indicating Gonsolin's rest-of-season replacement. In terms of transactions, shortstop Noelvi Marte was recalled from the minors by the Reds. The 21-year-old is MLB's number 24 prospect and is the Reds' number one prospect. Marte has split his season between AA and AAA with a small stint in rookie ball, batting 279 with 11 homers and 18 steals. He didn't start in his first day in the majors, but with Kevin Newman hitting the IL, he's expected to play third base with Spencer Steer moving to left field. Shortstop Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays was activated from the 10-day IL. Bichette missed nearly three weeks with right knee patellar tendonitis. He'll return to playing shortstop every day in Toronto. And in a surprising corresponding move, trade deadline acquisition Paul DeJong was designated for assignment. So he'll likely land with a new team for the stretch run. And lastly, first baseman Rowdy Telez of the Brewers was activated from the 10-day IL. Telez has been out for six weeks with right forearm inflammation, and he's expected to fill the strong side of a platoon role at DH for the rest of the year. In terms of news, starting pitcher Hunter Green is expected to be activated from the 60-day IL to start today versus the Blue Jays. It's been a long layoff, so it may be best holding off on activating him in your fantasy leagues just yet, especially given the setting in Great American Ballpark. But it's worth mentioning that he worked his way up to five and two-thirds scoreless innings in his final rehab start. And before we look at the notable performances from Saturday, do you want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all of your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I-S-T, one word, all caps, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with right off the bat. 
Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 years or older, 19 or older in Alabama, Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Now we can look at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had a slate of 18 games as the Rays and Angels, Diamondbacks and Padres, and Dodgers and Marlins all had double headers as they prepare for Hurricane Hillary to hit on Sunday. We'll start it off with our hitters, leading off with Dylan Moore in Houston as he went two for four with a pair of home runs, knocking in three runs, scoring twice, and adding on a walk for good measure. Both of his home runs didn't go too far as Moore took advantage of the Houston ballpark, hitting both of his long balls into the Crawford boxes. He hasn't played much this year, but when he has, he's actually been pretty good. He's displaying the most power of his career with an ISO nearly double his career rate entering this year, and StatCast backs it up as he's hitting the ball harder than ever with plenty of barrels. Speed is also a big part of his game as he stole 21 bases in each of the past two seasons, including three this year, making him appealing in many fantasy circles. Unfortunately, Moore doesn't have an everyday role as he's currently on the short side of a platoon at the keystone position, so Moore could be an interesting option with more playing time because of his newfound power stroke and his history of swiping bags, but as things currently stand, Saturday was just a standout day in a season that has otherwise been impactless in fantasy. Aledmus Diaz accounted for all of the A's offense on Saturday, but they still lost the game. He went two for three with a pair of solo home runs. He's up to four home runs on the year now. His first one was the longest one, going 400 feet with a 102.6 mile per hour exit velocity, and he doubled his home run total for the season with the big night, so it was definitely a standout performance for Diaz. One of the two big, I'm doing air quotes, offseason acquisitions for the A's, Diaz has not really been much of a factor all year. He's shifted in and out of consistent playing time, and even when he has played, he's been well below league average with the bat. Diaz is currently filling the short side of a platoon in left field while backing up around the infield, and there's nothing really in his underlying metrics to suggest this is the beginning of a last-minute breakout. And to make matters worse, he's bats in one of the worst lineups in baseball. As an A's fan, it was great to see Diaz contribute for a game, but I haven't considered adding him to any of my fantasy teams for even a second. And lastly, Andrew McCutcheon had a big game in Minnesota, helping the Pirates to a win. He went two for five with a run, a home run, and five runs batted in. He's up to 11 homers on the year now. This one traveled 438 feet with a 106.2 mile per hour exit velocity. And McCutcheon got off to a hot start in his return to Pittsburgh, batting 287 with 10 homers, nine steals, and a 134 WRC plus through June. And it looked as if he might have a renaissance season this year. Unfortunately for him and the Pirates, since the start of July, McCutcheon has been a shell of his first half self. Prior to Saturday, he was batting just 158 with no home runs and just one steal since July 1st. He had just two barrels during that time and was hitting the ball on the ground more than 45% of the time, so it wasn't something that could be blamed on bad luck. On Saturday, McCutcheon broke out of his slump, hitting his first long ball since June 30th. He also knocked in five runs, which nearly doubled his total over the past six weeks. Such a dramatic change of production is indicative of McCutcheon making an adjustment under the hood, but we'll have to wait and see if this was the spark he needed to get back on track, but with someone like McCutcheon, who's been great for a decade, you have to believe he's figured out what was plaguing him since the beginning of July. But if you'd like a breakdown of the other notable hitting performances on Saturday, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com.
Now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starting pitching performances, opening with Jake Irvin versus the Phillies as the Nationals lost, but Jake Irvin escaped with a no decision. He tossed six scoreless innings, allowing just five hits and two walks while striking out seven. He induced 14 whiffs with a 35% CSW across 94 pitches. Irvin has a limited arsenal, but his curveball was fooling hitters all game on Saturday. It induced five whiffs and went for 42% CSW. And it was surprising to see Irvin so effective with whiffs and called strikes as he's usually not a standout in the CSW department. His 35% CSW mark on Saturday actually set a career high and he's been pitching well recently with a 2.82 ERA across his last four starts. But I'm not sure that means he's finally figured something out at the big league level as a 26-year-old rookie. Irvin has no standout skills and his curveball is his only decent pitch. The run support and bullpen in DC also isn't indicative of future success in the wins department. This is what Nick has dubbed a birthday party, one start in which everything comes together for a fun night but doesn't mean we should go grab him off the wire. Irvin will head to Miami for his next start, and I'm not even thinking about going with that one. Ayuri Perez had a big game versus the Dodgers, but the Marlins still lost. He tossed six scoreless innings, allowing just two hits with no walks and 10 strikeouts. He induced 22 whiffs with a 39% CSW across 90 pitches, and those 22 whiffs earned him the gallows pull as he tied for the league lead in whiffs. He earned at least six whiffs with each of his fastball, slider, and curveball, with the latter leading the way at 58% CSW. Perez has had a fantastic start to his career, but this might have been the best outing thus far. Coming against a top-tier Dodgers lineup, Perez set a career high with the 10 punch outs and also set a career low in terms of base runners permitted. It looked as if the league was finally figuring him out as he had surrendered at least four runs in three of his last four starts, but he showed he's still a generational talent with his performance on Saturday. He's still rostered in just 62% of Yahoo leagues, and despite his limited pitch counts, it's nights like these that make us realize he can still be incredibly valuable with those limitations. Perez gets the Nationals next, and that's a must start in my book. And lastly, we have Cutter Crawford in the Bronx as he helped his team to a win, tossing six innings, allowing just one hit and one run while walking two with five strikeouts. He induced eight whiffs with a 29% CSW across 82 pitches, and Crawford battled Garrett Cole in a matchup of rivals and came out on top. His cutter surprisingly wasn't the root of his success. Crawford survived with plenty of four-seamer called strikes and threw his slider just seven times but got three whiffs and 43% CSW out of it. He shifted to the rotation full-time at the beginning of June and has had mixed results thus far. Crawford owns a 3.72 ERA in 14 starts since then, but has struck out just 24% of the batters he's faced, making him a pretty solid Toby, but nothing more. There seems to be room for improvement, though. Crawford is in the top 15% of the league in hard contact suppression, swinging strike rate, and PLV. His mid-90s four-seamer is surprisingly effective, and if he could develop a trustworthy secondary pitch, he may be able to take off. For now, Crawford is a decent streaming option from time to time. His next outing is not one of those times, though, as he heads to Houston to take on the Astros. But if you like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Jordan Romano got save number 30. Jason Foley got save number 7. Reynaldo Lopez got save number 6 as Carlos Estevez was resting, but considering his second half struggles, don't count out the possibility Lopez begins to see more save opportunities for the Angels. Rizal Iglesias got save number 24. Adbert Alzali got save number 17. David Bednar went for save number 26 as he got the final four outs working around a run. Paul Sewell 
Oswald got save number 26, and Evan Phillips got save number 19 in the first half of the doubleheader, and Bruce Dark Gratterall got save number 6 in the second half of the doubleheader. In terms of closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Felix Bautista pitched the ninth in a tie game and earned his 8th win when the Orioles took the lead in the 10th. Trevor May on the other side pitched the ninth in the tie game, and lastly, David Robertson pitched the 8th with a 1-run lead and surrendered 3 runs to blow the save and take his 4th loss. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Saturday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article over on PitcherList.com. Sunday's edition was written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, August 20th, a day in which we'll have just 12 games as the Rays, Angels, Diamondbacks, Padres, Dodgers, and Marlins have the day off due to Hurricane Hillary hitting Southern California. My matchup of the day is Clark Schmidt versus Nick Pavetta in a bulk role. That should be fun. It's always great to watch the Yankees versus the Red Sox, and both of these guys have had their moments throughout the year. In terms of probable starters, we've got three guys in the auto starts tier, including Zach Wheeler in Washington, Max Scherzer versus the Brewers, and Max Freed versus the Giants. Our probably starts tier has seven guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in the previously mentioned Clark Schmidt versus the Red Sox. He struggled in his last outing, but it came against the Braves, and he may have a harder time earning a win as the Yankees haven't been great recently, but Clark Schmidt has been very solid all year long. I'd also keep an eye out for Kyle Hendricks versus the Royals. The Royals are not great, and Kyle Hendricks has actually quietly had a great season. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would say Pirates hitters versus Dallas Keuchel and his 9.4. 4-5 ERA. Connor Joe is a sneaky lefty killer for the Pirates. And also White Sox hitters versus Chris Flexen and Coors. Flexen has a 7.74 ERA and Coors is the best place to hit. And now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Jason Foley has pitched on consecutive days and in three of the past four, so Alex Lang is likely to be the temporary closer today. And lastly, Ryza Iglesias has pitched on back-to-back days and in three of the past four, but so has setup man AJ Minter, so Joe Jimenez and Kirby Yates might be the top options today for the Braves. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubba will be back with you on Monday and throughout the week and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. 
This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.